of the Lure Entertainment Podcast. I'm Andrew Southwick, this time joined by Lure CEO Marcus Pittman. Marcus, welcome back. Thanks for having me back. All right, we're going to get right into it. Uh, it's actually been... I, mean, I, mean, I mean, I guess, I guess you kind of have to because I, I kind of pay for the thing, right? That's true, yeah. <laughs> you kind of... <laughs> yes, come back as often as you want, please, yes. I appreciate it, Andrew. Appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, we better get rolling here uh, since the, uh, the the paycheck signer is with us. Um, all right. There are a couple of uh, stories out of Hollywood I want to start with. And there's actually been quite a bit of Hollywood news. The first one, Marcus, you got you know, you've got your background in in production, background in studio work. So you understand how studios operate you and not just platforms, but but how productions and how the heads of heads of state, so to speak, work. There has been several headlines recently and many rumors about the fate of Disney. And of course, we recall Bob Chapek and, and all the Disney went woke and everything. Bob Iger comes back in. Some people thought, well, great, we'll get back to the good old days. Bob Iger continues to double down on the woke stuff. But now pulling back, we're hearing rumors of selling off TV assets. We've already seen the streaming platform lose content. We have seen we're, we've seen them lay off thousands of workers in several rounds of layoffs. Now we're hearing rumors that they may sell the whole company to Apple, so on and so forth. Marcus, wait, I, I have not heard that. Is that a rumor? The, it's it's it is a rumor. It was a report that came out yesterday and uh, oh. and that <laughs> right? Yeah. Well, yeah, okay. So That's I mean great news for apple <laughs> but you know, I, and i'm wondering here i i feel like disney's woes are a couple fold i think the woke part is is one of one of them and i but i actually think that's the that's the least that's the one that'll burn out the quickest because i think that i think that woke is going to be overcome soon it's going to do damage and we'll have to fix that but i i i'm optimistic about being able to push that back in time but Disney has been undercutting their consumer base for years uh, with a price hikes at the park with over. I mean, you remember the $6,000 hotel you could stay in the AT-AT Walker or something like that. No, who can afford that? That would actually be Disney's uh, Disney's base. I mean, families like mine are. I've got five kids. I can't afford to, to get a number to park in the parking lot in Disney. And so, you know, they, they you know, they priced it out of everybody else's they have a reservation system i'm in florida so i know this pretty pretty well they have a reservation system where you used to be able to get annual passes and just go right to the park whenever you want you can go for an hour go for two hours and leave now it's a reservation system and they just put in all these obstacles and it sucked the joy out of going to the park of course we know the joy and the 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 creativity of the films hasn't been good in some years so i think disney's woes are multi faceted i do think it wasn't covid that that hurt the theaters it was our response to covid that hurt the theaters and i think that played a a, a big piece of it too and now we're trying to figure out streaming and of course here's lore but marcus as someone who has worked you were with pure flicks for a while you know how studios operate what do you think is going is really going on with disney why are they hemorrhaging so much and why does it feel like there's some major shift in the wind because we know bob Iger's not long for this role he's here to be a bridge for whatever they're going to next and if they're thinking about selling the whole company again if that report is accurate then my goodness it's going to be a tectonic shake because because disney is the premier entertainment company pretty much in america 
Well, I think Bob would be the guy to bring in if you were thinking about selling the company, because I think he was the one that did the mergers for Marvel and Pixar. Yeah, and, Lucasfilm. Uh, and Star Wars, right? So he was the one. So he'd get, I mean, he would be the guy um, you would do to do that. Um, so that that would make perfect sense as to why they, they've kept him. Um, I, I, it's, I think what's really happened is that Disney has become such a bureaucracy um, that it's just too expensive to make anything. Hmm. Um, and, 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 you know, part of this can be seen. I was reading an article talking about how HBO Max is reducing content off its platform to save money. Um, and I was like, why don't they own the rights? What's going on? But the truth is, like, no one and no one really owns anything in Hollywood. There's like five or six different companies that all own like one movie because they're so expensive. Right. So if you're going to stream something on a platform, um, even if you have the rights to it, you're the predominant rights holder. You still have to pay licenses for uh, the music in the films. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to pay licenses for the other partnering production companies, uh, directors. Um, so there's not really individual ownership of content in those companies. So the streaming platforms aren't able to make money because they basically have to siphon off every piece of content. Um, and, and so, so one, that, that, that's a huge problem. Uh, the, the other thing is, um, I mean, they can't even make stuff without conceding to whatever the union demands are now, right? So, yeah. I mean, well, now they can't make anything because of the union strikes. Right. Um, so, so, I mean, they're in, they're in real danger, and I think they're prepping for uh, really, uh, they're, they're prepping for, I mean, this whole year is going to be productionless. Um, and, not, and you know, this happened during, during uh, uh, the, 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 the pandemic, uh, too, but they were able to buy content that was, that was made a few months before that just right. hasn't got distribution, right? So they had something to fall back on. So it wasn't that drastic of a, of a thing. But now they don't because there wasn't anything made mm-hmm. because of the pandemic. Um, so there's a huge problem here. Um, and <laughs> I'll say this during the first strike, uh, a, 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 probably a, over a decade ago, I don't remember the exact dates, but the, the, the first writer's strike that created for us reality television, right? Really? But then, but then since then, all the reality TV producers, directors, and writers, uh, <laughs> uh, became part of the WG. Well, the, the, the writers for became part of the WGA. Mm-hmm. So now we they don't even have they don't even have uh, reality TV they can fall back on because they're part of the writer strike too. Um, so there, there's a massive this is a massive problem uh, they have right now, and uh, and 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 the just the cost of everything. People just don't go to the theaters unless it's really special anymore. Um, there's no reason to just go to the movies anymore. Um, and storytelling, uh, storytelling in Hollywood hasn't been about telling a, a special story anymore. I mean, it, it's it, it's much more about the donor class and what they want to see DEI wise and so on. Where right? the the, 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 the movie goer is no longer the customer, so they're not really serving also, us. Yeah, and also I would say, um, most importantly, is everything's a remake now. Yeah. And that, that doesn't generate new audiences and a new fan base, mm-hmm. um, right? So 
So if, if, if you're not going to risk money on new IP, which is really hard to do if you're going to do the theater play, you can't, I mean, because you, you, you really got to count on that new IP working. So if you're not going to do new IP, you, your only safe bet is to fall back on um, uh, remakes. Sure. Um, and, and so, but because they're not, Disney is not doing, they're not putting a lot of influential content into uh, influential money, I would say they're not really pouring a lot of money into uh, new IP. Um, they're 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 they don't have any new reason for people to go to the theme parks, right? So that that's how Disney upsells their customers through theme parks. Yeah. And so if they're not creating new IP, new experiences, um, you know, people are going to go see Star Wars Land in, in Disney, and then they're just they're not going to go back again. They've seen it. It's great. It's done. Um, but they really need to create new content um, and, and new and, and new worlds. Uh, that's really what Disney is about, creating new worlds. And and the only people who are making original IP right now for Disney is uh, is Pixar. Pixar is the only one that's at least trying to put out yeah. new IP. And Disney's put them on the on the basically made them streaming only mm-hmm. at this point. People just expect there's not like a Pixar movie is not an event, um, right? Like like it used to be. It used mm-hmm. to be like we're going to go see the new Pixar movie. It's a ten out of ten guaranteed, um, and it's new IP. Yeah. Um, and, and and now since I mean since Disney bought Pixar, you just haven't seen that from Pixar. Um, it just doesn't happen anymore. Um, and that's probably more to do with Disney's bureaucracy than it was Pixar. So if you especially if you read Creativity Inc. Um, right. And so, so if you read that book about Pixar's creative process and how they created movies, uh, you'll see that um, uh, they probably do not do that, that, that Pixar anymore. Yeah. <laughs> so kick your question on this topic. And then I've got another one that I think will follow well out of this. Uh, do, what is it? Why are why are they afraid or why are. Uh, studios in general afraid of of new IP. There used to be new IP, mm-hmm. and now all of a sudden there's not. That's number one. And then number two, how is a platform like Lure? I don't know if exempt is the right word or insulated is the right word, but creating a new paradigm just in filmmaking where these kinds of things don't have to impact it. Because you mentioned, you know, the pandemic they could buy they could buy product that had been previously made and put it out and do all kinds of things. But now that there's a strike and there, the word around the campfire is the strike could last through the end of the year. So not only is there not new content that was previously made because it wasn't being made during the pandemic, but there's no content being made currently. So when we get into next year, you're also going to see, I think, a subscriber drop, a subscriber drop across the board on platforms because we're not going to have anything to watch. It's, it's, you know, I mean, you got to bring back the ABC movie of the week because and and start showing that again from 1985 because <laughs> there's there's nothing there's nothing else to do. Might as well start licensing Ishtar. Everybody, get ready for that classic. Right. Right. Um, so, what was the first part of the question? What what what's the what is the why are so many studios afraid of new IP? Yeah. So I, th- I, th- I think one is just, it's just a financial risk. Hmm. Um, you know, you know, not everything is going to be John Wick. Right. So, you know, John Wick is probably one of the most recent successful new IPs that have come out, um, you know, and that's a 
massive billion dollar franchise right now right so i, I mean you could make theme parks <laughs> around the underworld of jo i mean like it's incredible um so so you know that doesn't come around too often but you have to you have to take those risks um and it's expensive to do so um and especially expensive to do so when people aren't um going to theaters uh like they used to Mm -hmm. uh, right uh the pe people are only going to theaters for massive events um yeah. i would say probably uh oppenheimer um is is a good example of some you know christopher nolan film people are going to go to the theater to see um uh, but, but but and that's nuts for the most part new ip too yeah. uh but but it, it's it's not franchisable. A Christopher Nolan film isn't necessarily franchisable, yeah. unless it's you know Batman, <laughs> right? And, and is that uh, is that what they're looking for though? Everything needs to be a series. Is that something else that as a moviegoer we have to factor into the equation as to why we're not getting new stuff? Because unless well, it can have part have two, three, four, and five, it's really not going to get off the ground. Well, they have to figure it out because. Um, it, because right now I'm going to watch uh, 12 hours of one season uh, on, on streaming service of a show that's at very much Hollywood levels mm -hmm. um, and, or, I mean, movie theater levels. Um, and, and then um, now, uh, so they're competing with themselves. Um, but, uh, you know, the, the thing is here, here's, you know, this goes to the second part of your question. Um, the, the, we, Everything is such a huge bureaucracy right now. They've they've overinflated themselves. Everything. I mean, you you can't even probably you probably can't even like buy pencils and office supplies um, <laughs> on Amazon for your office at Disney anymore. You have to you right. It's all like the military. Mm -hmm. um, so so uh, the, the the thing that's really going to pave the way right now is streaming platforms that can run off of an expectation of lesser content. Um, so uh, basically, I, I call these like the the Ferraris uh, of of streaming platforms. Like, what what are the streaming platforms that's going to have obviously less content, but but way way better mm -hmm. um, or or more in line with your values. Yeah. Um, so that's going to be key. Is and, and then uh, the other thing is really, and this is we've been saying this for three years before all this stuff happened. Even like in the midst of COVID, we were talking about this is we have to build an independent film market that is free from the unions, right? Like yeah. Angel Studios just, you know, got permission from the union overlords to continue their production of The Chosen. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's like, who are these, who, who are these uncircumcised Philistines <laughs> that tell, tell us that we can't, you know, make our own movies and TV shows? Uh, so, so, like, th this is a problem. Yeah. Um, and, and it's not just with Angel. Uh, Daily Wire, um, I'm sure they, they do a lot of unions. So they did a lot of union stuff. Now that they're kind of building their own internal things, they might not. I would hope not. Mm -hmm. um, but but I but I, I might doubt it. Um, so so like these this like these are all the, the, the questions that come to mind um, is how do we get off the unions? And the truth is the punk rock independent filmmaker um, who is just doing what they want and breaking all the rules, just like the music video directors of MTV did and the animators for Adult Swim and early Cartoon Network. They were just like, hey, let's, you know, we have these, this old footage of Space Ghost. Can we make a whole late night show with these old, this old footage? <laughs> um, and they did. They made Space Ghost, Ghost, Ghost. It was super cheap to make and really incredible. 
Um, and and uh, so 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 it's like this. That's the mindset we have to we have to have now. Um, and lore specifically is very focused on the independent mm-hmm. uh, mindset. Um, really finding artists um, who want to do super, who can do super low budget stuff, um, and 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 those low budget stuff, people people like turn their nose up to low budget stuff, but low budget stuff is is getting more views on YouTube, right? There's guys like me and you just sitting at a camera talking that's getting more views, yeah, than stuff on primetime. Um, I'll so, tell you about low budget stuff, and this is a music example. Paul McCartney. Some people have heard of him. I know less and less now because we've stopped listening to music that doesn't suck. But Paul McCartney <laughs> was in a band before Wings called the Beatles. And see, that joke doesn't even play anymore because nobody's heard of Wings either. But whatever. When he bought his Hofner bass, his Hofner viola bass, it was cheap from the pawn shop. When he played his acoustic guitar on yesterday, it was an Epiphone Texan piece of garbage. Now those two guitars, if they're the real ones, are worth thousands upon thousands just because Sir Paul McCartney played them uh, in the Beatles and they were pieces of junk. So yeah, it, really, it really doesn't matter if it's... The, I don't think the budget is as big as is the quality of the story, or in that case, the quality of the song, which is the story, is the quality of the story and the people doing it, they, they can make it work. Right. I, I, well, I think you're seeing that, you know, with, um, you know, with, with YouTube right now, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, Mr. Beast is in, in, insanely talented. I mean, his budgets are really expensive now. But they weren't always that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he just found a sponsor for his videos, you know, the sponsor would pay him $50,000 and he would take that $50,000 and give it away in the video. And that's how he became huge. Huh. Um, so he got his start really by just being really low budget. And and, and still, even to the day, the production quality of Mr. Beast videos aren't in, insane. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, some of them are. Uh, but but for the most part, they're not. Um, I, I mean, a lot of his content is just him reacting um, yeah. to video games or something like playing Minecraft or something. Um, and then he has his main channel stuff. But I mean, I, I mean, this this guy is really built uh, something off of literally nothing. Um, and, and, and so th- that this is like this is like what we have to figure out. And I think Christian content and conservative content. Uh, is that punk rock space? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, like we're the ones saying, you know, uh, say no to the man, <laughs> yeah. right? Like, like think, we're the ones saying that now. Christian um, content has has another has another benefit, and then I want to get your take on this on another story, quick, and you, we can come back and make, and wrap a bow on this one if you want. But one thing that faith has, faith in Christ has, is it's. It has a community built in. We are we are designed to be together. He wants us to be with a community, with a community of faith. The world, on the other hand, and certainly the progressive mindset is, let me stream everything into your brain individually. Everything is subjective and completely customizable, which is part of the reason why theaters haven't come roaring back. But see, I think, I believe Christians, I'm sure conservatives still want those kinds of shared experiences. And so that's, I think, an advantage to where both the streaming platform and the event picture can still work in that context, albeit it's going to be a little bit different than it was. And, but that is an advantage. And I think a wave, hopefully that the Lord's already in, in the process of catching as, as the entertainment business. And I mean, the business goes through this paradigm shift. 
Yeah, I, I think I think that's it. I, you know, the the one thing is is just you're paying ten thousand. I mean, you're paying twenty bucks a month for ten thousand hours of content, and most of which you don't even watch anyway, right? And so, so you you're already being you're already paying for all this nonsense content, and they've they've basically groomed you into thinking that as long as there's hundreds of thousands of of, of, of titles and and movies and TV shows, uh, that's where the value is. But that's not where the value is. The value is how you spend your time um, and the quality of the content you're spending your time. And and uh, the value of a streaming platform is where you, what kind of content is your money funding? Mm-hmm. Um, and and, and these, these are the things that, that, that we have to like, you know, figure out like their marketing is lying to you. Yeah. <laughs> their marketing is lying to you. Um, and, 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 and like, cause you're only, you're, you, you only have, just be honest, you, you only have Netflix for Stranger Things. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, they, I, know. I have it for Cobra Kai, but I don't, I'm only, but see, I'm waiting. I'm one of those. We canceled it right after, actually after Stranger Things season five. And I'm waiting yeah. for Cobra Kai to come back. I will well, subscribe when Cobra Kai time. comes back. I'll watch it. And then I'm going to turn it off again. Yeah. yeah you're, you're, yeah, you're waiting a long time. Um, uh, uh because, uh, uh the writer's strike. Right, mm-hmm. um, and the actor strike. So, so um, yeah, I mean, from from what we've heard, is Netflix has already canceled production all the way to the end of the year. Yeah, um, and so um, all those movies and TV shows uh, are. I mean, I mean, but this is a time really. This is why I'm saying like this is a great time to join Lore, is because you're you're paying money into Netflix right now, and they 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 don't have content to give you. Mm-hmm. Um, so why don't you cancel your Netflix subscription and put it into Lore and actually start funding content. Uh, that is going to be made right away. And we don't right? have, so like, the, like we don't need SAG-AFTRA's permission either. Right, we don't need SAG-AFTRA. We don't need any of their, their permission, um, and that, that's why it's, it's such a great time right now, um, because we really we really have an opportunity right now to actually get a jump start um, and start creating and producing content. Uh, but it's not going to come from studios that still are willingly submitting to the union the union mob bosses. And it's right? not going uh, to come from customers that are okay spending their money on, literally on nothing at this point while right. these studios try to fight their union mob bosses who won't give up anyway and you'll end up right back where you were. And in the meantime, you're spending, I mean, you, you know, many people are going to spend 200 bucks on Netflix from now to the end of the year for nothing. Where right. uh, bring the subscription dollars over to Lure. We're creating content, and making content. Well, Lure is in production right now. Uh, we, we, we projects are in production right now. Uh, so uh, now's the time to do that. I do want to move. We got a few minutes left. I want to make sure I'm respectful of your time, but I want to get your comment on this story as well because I think it is indicative of what you're going to see with the Hollywood prescription for how to fix all this mess on a on a thirty thousand foot view. Progressive ideology is all about collective, all about, you know, top down and fascism and all that kind of thing. And and everything runs through effectively the government, whether it's federal or whether it's corporate or what have you. 30,000 foot view, the the traditional conservative view is we only need government in so much as we need it to do certain things. But we are actually we still govern the government and we can still go out and do our things individually and we'll come up your market-based solutions to problems and issues. Listen to this. This is from Face the Nation, or as Rush Limbaugh would call it, Slay the Nation. Uh, Media mogul 
Barry Diller says Hollywood executives and top actors should take a 25% pay cut to end strikes. He says everybody's probably overpaid at the top. And he goes on to talk about how the, the you know, the strikes are going to last and people aren't going to have content. Same stuff we were just talking about. But his solution is for the most, the, the highest paid earners, I would assume he's one of them, to take a 25% pay cut. And the question I had when reading this article, and it's also a transcript of a video interview as well, that for, I don't know, it doesn't matter. Anyway, but Face the Nation came out with that. So why is it that, or I'm not going to say why, is that Hollywood's prescription is the same thing as, as the, our government's prescription? Let's take, let's say we're going to take money from the rich people who is who are ourselves, and you know they're never going to give up a penny. But that money doesn't go to the extras and the production crews and the day laborers and people like that and the 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 ones who are billed, you know, fourth and fifth and sixth down and the key grips and the best boys. It doesn't go to any of those people. It, where does it go? Well, it just goes back to the studio and goes right back to them. Do you think that that structure of even, you know, does the compensation structure need to change for Hollywood to come back and how, again... Something like Lure, how does our compensation structure for our production crews and our talent and, and so on differ? Because they seem to think, well, let's just keep taxing the rich. And that is never a solution for anything. And it's a stupid gesture. And I don't know what Mr. Diller is. I I mean, respectfully, but one of the questions I would ask him respectfully is, well, how come you're not giving up 25% of yours right now? to one of these projects or to some of these actors that are out of work or the the, the laborers, the set crew that's out of work. Wh where is that? Just, you know, minus 25% is probably not going to be that big of a deal. But I don't think that's going to be a solution that they're going to come to anytime soon. So there's the contrast. How does, how does Lure's, how does Lure's structure change that and make it so that we can actually get things done? Because one of the things that Mr. Diller says, we're going to have a hard time paying people to make these movies anymore. Again, mm -hmm. Lure's got a different uh, structure for that. Uh, give us a, a, that compare and contrast. Yeah, I mean, like, if you, you know, there's very few actors, I think, that can justify their salary post-COVID, right? Um, Tom Cruise is for sure one of them, right? Like, he's worth every single penny, <laughs> right? Um, he brings in the audience, He, but he also knows exactly what his audience likes and doesn't mm -hmm. put any of the woke nonsense in his movies um and uh he's he's really like he brings the value yeah. um with the stunts and stuff he does and um uh and, and and that's reflective in the box office even with mission impossible right now um so 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 there there are actors that are that that deserve that much um but and then there are actors that don't um you know and and, and i think you know the the movies that the you know the the Hollywood heartthrobs would be in those rom coms those sort of things right they would bring in you know a few hundred million in the box office or whatever um, I don't I don't think that market's there anymore hmm. um, so so I, I don't think people are going to go see a rom com at the theater anymore I don't think that like I don't like not anytime soon anyway it's like it's gonna be, it'd be a while to to build up to that um so so i don't i don't so you know those sort of actors i don't think are, are you know those are streaming actors now hmm. um and and so so we are seeing a transition from you know the la i think the last great hollywood 
rock stars, the, yeah. the, the movie theater rock stars. And now we're transitioning into streaming just like we did, you know, for the talkies. Right. Well, right. And it was similar. So it was interesting. You mentioned that. And I was just thinking that, that it, it started really well. All this was vaudeville on stage. Then it became vaudeville on radio. Then Jack Benny was big back then. And anybody yeah. wants to look at an entertainment history, Jack Benny yeah. invented the sitcom effectively on radio. That turned into television. Then you have I Love Lucy and Ozzy and Harriet and all that stuff. Then you have yeah. this dichotomy of television actors and movie actors. And for a while, movie actors didn't want to go on television unless it was a you know a special guest appearance. And you certainly wouldn't see them on TV series. You remember that era. That was in our lifetime. And then that right. flipped to where TV became better writing. And then, so now you had, you know, when Kiefer yep. Sutherland went to 24, that was a big deal. Um, and now that's that's commonplace, but now we're seeing another medium emerge of the streaming actor, not a movie actor, not a TV actor, but a streaming actor. And we're, how do you think, I guess, I guess, how would you say Lore is at the forefront of that really new, new uncharted territory for entertainment? Yeah, but because in order to build those stars out, you need to, and, and whether it's directors or actors or whatever, you have to have low risk and the ability to fail. Um, and, and when you're doing 20, 30, 40, $50 million projects, you don't have that low risk anymore. Like it's got to succeed at that point. Um, but with lore, the audience is paying for the content. Um, so, so if it funds, it's a success. It's it's successful, mm-hmm. right? The the funding of the project um, is uh, the success of it. Um, and 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 so um, we we're, we're building basically a market for independent non union. Uh, 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 f- free, uh, not not free, but just like the basically free thought filmmaking, which is like, hey, I have this crazy idea. Um, it might not work, but I'd like to at least try to get it funded. Mm-hmm. And you never know, right? Yeah. You never know. Um, and, and you know, people, you know, people think, you know, oh, that's crazy. It's like, why would I put my money up if I've only seen the trailer for something, uh, right? It's like, well, that's what you do anyway. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right? Like you see a trailer and then you go and buy the movie ticket. You don't see the movie and then decide if you want to pay. And what a lot of people don't know is that a lot of those trailers are shot before the movie. And a lot of those trailers have scenes that are just right. for the trailer that are not in the movie. We all have seen. Where was that scene? It was made for right. the trailer, which is effectively a proof of concept. We want to see, are you interested in this? Oh, you are? Okay, we'll make it. And that happens right. all the time. Yeah. And so so that's why I think this is like this is the key takeaway is we have to have independent punk rock art houses where artists are free to experiment and make what they want and fail. Um, and and it's like stand up comedy. Right. Like imagine stand up comedy where you're not allowed to tell a bad joke. Uh, well, that's church comedy. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah. like you can't if you're if you're performing in a church, you can't tell a bad joke. Um, or you don't ever get invited back, and you know. So, so, so we have to get away from that. We have to get away from church comedy, and we have to get into the ability for artists to fail on stage. Yeah. Um, and that's uh, you know that's 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 the key. That's what's. Uh, and That's I think, what we're looking I think something that we don't realize as consumers, or, and maybe now is becoming more, more, we're becoming more aware of it because we're seeing it nationally in other, in other 
pockets of life. But Hollywood is a is a one system. It's a one party town. It's one party rule. Once SAG after says no, you're done. Once the PGA says no, you're done. Once the DGA says no, you're done. And if you really want to wait for them, for those few people to continue putting out content that violates and impugns and belittles your values and undermines your creativity and intelligence and insults your intelligence and what they think you want to see and what you will consume, then okay, I guess keep paying Netflix to sit on the sidelines. And again, this is not a, that's not a, that's not to besmirch those who are working hard in the industry, but we understand that this is the executive and the bureaucratic class doing this here, just the way they do it in other areas. Lure is a solution to that, and I think it's an important one. Uh, I'll give you the last word here, Marcus. I know you got to run. Uh, last uh, elevator pitch for Lure, and maybe uh, a shout out for a project that people maybe should check out. Yeah. I think right now you got to check out Churchville. Uh, yeah. Churchville is amazingly funny. Um, it is incredibly talented actors, uh, directors, comedy writers, and they're all coming together to make this uh, basically. Uh, story of these two competing megachurch pastors as they fight for each other's members and it's a really amazing office style comedy and improv sketch show like key take and a second to get down to the real reason we're here how many of you guys are virgins i am todd bishop or father bishop as the inmates used to call me Used to be on staff at a big church before they let me go for reasons I'd rather not talk about right now. Brad Ambels, senior associate pastor at the First Greater Church of Megachrist. We have the largest jumbotron in church history, four-star steakhouse, ice rink, our own line of women's fragrances. This one's called Homemaker. Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. God loves everyone. Um, and 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 I think I, I think like that's probably the most important show we have on our platform in terms of just uh, the the most likely to be a huge hit. Hmm. And I'm excited to see that fund. Um, and and then um, my, my my last pitch for Lore is is uh, subscribe, get a free seven day trial. And just start funding content. Just start funding content. And, um, you know, we, we, we don't need a lot of subscribers uh, to be able to fund all the content on our platform. Mm -hmm. So give it, give it three months. Get on there. Give it three months. Just fund every week and, and, and tell your friends. And, and, and you can watch. You can watch the progress and the speed of the funding increase. And that's what's been happening. I think Barely Biblical, it took a month to get the first million two weeks to get the second and one week to get the third. And now it's getting about a million a week right now um, in funding. So it's, it's snowballing. Um, incredible, incredible work um, by the, the, all the barely biblical fans. And, um, but it shows you that the community can come together and start funding projects um, and to get excited about it. So. Marcus Pittman, thank you for the time this morning. Uh, we know you'll we'll have you back on. We got also, I'm working on some other some other interesting segments I think that uh, many of you will enjoy uh, on the Lure Entertainment Podcast. So stick around, we got lots more to come. Thank you for, again, for Marcus. I'm Andrew Southwick. This has been the Lure Entertainment Podcast. We'll see you next time.